Hello, welcome to the Brazilian Health Nut Show. Here you will find cutting edge information provided by the best experts in the world so you can learn how to burn fat for the rest of your life. Bruno da Gama is the Brazilian Health Nut in a mission to solve the problems you have when trying to lose weight forever. He is a nutritional therapy practitioner, a certified personal trainer, and a holistic lifestyle coach by the Czech Institute. Don't forget to say hello and sign up to our free newsletter at www.brazilianhealthnet.com. Let's go! Thank you so much for being here really, with me today. I appreciate the time. Can you tell a little bit of, about your story from Little Reed to the founder of Functional Diagnostic Nutrition? Well, thanks, Bruno. I wanted to say it's my pleasure to be here. I appreciate the invitation. I'm always ready to talk health and uh, pursuit of good health with people. I started off back in the late 90s as a nutritionist. I actually came from a different field. I've, I've changed careers a couple times. So nobody should be afraid of changing careers. <laughs> and uh, I was in the environmental law field. So mostly working with the environment and uh, like you know, trees and recycling and uh, you know, animals and things like that, making sure the air and the water is all good quality and stuff. But frankly, I noticed how bad it was and how, what it was doing to people became more interesting to me than what it was doing to the birds and the plants, you know. Right. So I started studying people and I, I became a nutritionist and I went to work in a clinic and they made me the case manager, like responsible for everybody. Now we had acupuncture and chiropractic and nutrition and massage and different modalities and things. So it was a real wellness center. And I was doing nutrition on some of the patients there. And I noticed that it was working sometimes, but not all the time. And people walking in our door for help, they seemed like they all had been to five or six people already. And so I decided somehow I want to be the last person that they have to meet up with to get their health problems resolved. And so it's a long, long journey. I mean, that's a long time ago. But I started investigating the causal factors. Like, instead of just uh, treating the symptoms, why? Why do you have that symptom? What's, what's really wrong? And at that time, there wasn't functional medicine and these things. It was just kind of on the fringes. So I fortunately met up with the right people, some good laboratory people and some good doctors who had the same mindset. They were willing to set the diagnosis aside for a minute, you know, forget the label on the disease, what's really wrong with the person. So that's how I got started. And it's been a very interesting journey, of course. Mm -hmm. Cool. Yeah. Getting deep into the root cause of the problem, that's, that's uh, how we solve most of the problems. Um, why do you think there is so much obesity and problems with weight nowadays? It seems like an well, epidemic, unfortunately. Well, it certainly is an epidemic. As a matter of fact, a couple of weeks ago, I was on a little cruise. I, I left from uh, Long Beach near Los Angeles and just a two-night cruise just to get away for a, a day and a half, you know. 
So we sailed down to Ensenada and spent the day down there and came back. Ensenada's in Mexico, you know, came back. So it was a nice little cruise. But I have to tell you, everybody was fat. <laughs> it was amazing how many fat people were yeah. on that ship. Now, you know, listen, I like to eat too. And, uh, but I try to eat better and I try to exercise. Matter of fact, I do. I exercise four times a week and I try to eat right. But there are other factors involved. So some people, if they just would eat right and exercise, they'd do better. The, the problem nowadays is that there's so many people where it's really chronic, it's really gotten deep into their bones and, and their cells and their hormones and the way they digest food and their immune system and the way they detoxify their bodies. And uh, all these things have become dysfunctional. Yeah. And, and it's being passed on from generation to generation. Right. So, you know, fat mothers and fathers usually have fat kids, you know, and it's because they, it's not just because they're eating wrong. Certainly they are eating wrong. And, uh, but it's because they're passing on now bad genetics. And, and, and this is something we're learning now is that uh, you can kind of screw up your own uh, epigenetics. Yeah, it's the role of epigenetics nowadays is so important, like what yeah. the environment has been doing to us. Yep, exactly. And so you have to understand a little bit about DNA and genetics, um, but epigenetics is more important, and we're now passing traits on to children so that today's kids, I feel sorry for them. They don't have a, the same chance almost as, let's say, I did. Now, I'm an older guy in my 60s, so my grandparents, uh, were they were skinny. <laughs> mm -hmm. And my parents they were doing pretty good, too. Yeah. But, you know, uh, I and my, my children, you know, are just amazingly healthy. But it's from a lot of um, understanding and research. And, and uh, still, still we're up against uh, a lot of bad influences. Yeah. Is there anything this, let's say this, the kids who get this bad genes, quotation mark, from their parents, can they do anything regarding that? Yeah, yeah absolutely. They have to be vigilant. You know, they have to be very... Very specific. Very, very specific. And the parents have to learn. You know, it. how, how would you like it if a mother comes in the office and she's uh, 100 pounds overweight and she brings in her kid who's, let's say, 10 years old, who's, you know, 25, 30 pounds overweight, and she says, oh, can you fix my child? Mm -hmm. Well, no can't fix your child we have to fix you first we have to get the parents to work on themselves and then it would carry on to the children because kids are going to eat what's in the refrigerator and the yeah. cabinet you know they're going to eat what the parents are eating and so you can't just fix kids you have to fix everybody starting with the mom usually the mom the mom is the best place if you can so if a parent brings me their child uh, for some work Uh, it doesn't matter if it's obesity or any other problem. It could be ADD and ADHD. Yeah. The kids are misbehaving, they're you know, different things, or whatever it is. They don't pay attention, they have bad grades. Um, well, sometimes mm -hmm. that involves a whole new lifestyle, and you have to start with the mother and educate yeah. her. So she's coming to you and she's like, Reed, I need to lose weight. What do, does it come to your mind when you hear this? Because a lot of people come to me and you hear all the time, oh, they just, oh, I just want them to lose weight. Where should we start? Yeah. Well, I have a magic formula. The problem is that it's like a 
big recipe, and, and it's, it requires a lot of effort, you know, of investigation. So when people are not responding to diet and exercise, so you, you certainly have to clean up the diet and you have to do exercise. But there's a lot of other things that could come into play, as I said initially in the beginning. Uh, the hormones are very important. The immune system, digestion, are you breaking down and absorbing your food? And of course, is your detoxification systems working properly? And then we have things like energy production and the nervous system. So what I just gave you, my magic formula, is spelled HIDDEN, H-I-D-D-E-N. It stands for hormone, H, immune, digestion, detoxification, energy production, and nervous system. Those six things, H-I-D-D-E-N, it makes it easy to remember, HIDDEN. Yeah. Now, are there other factors? Yes, but those are the most important ones in my 16 years of discovery. And I discovered this step by step over a long period of time. I didn't pull that out of my hat uh, all of a sudden. Uh, it was a lot of hard work. Yeah. I've run, run tests on over 10,000 people. Mm, wow, that's, an, that's a lot of people. <laughs> well, you know, let me tell you, they weren't all fat. It wasn't all just for obesity or overweight. It's for every kind of problem. And so I look at obesity as just one more symptom of a right. dysfunctional person. Someone else might end up just with uh, migraine headaches and bad skin. Mm -hmm. And someone else with the same dysfunctions as the overweight person and the same dysfunctions as the person with migraines. But it, for them, it's joint pain and muscle aches, you know, or fibromyalgia or chronic fatigue or... They have chronic uh, you know, diarrhea, constipation, some kind of digestive symptoms. Or they have mental fogginess or irritability or you know, lots of different symptoms. I really don't care about symptoms. And let me tell you, from my point of view, obesity is just another symptom mm -hmm. yeah. of dysfunction. Yeah. yeah, totally agree. It's much more than just eating less and exercising more. You have to see the whole approach with people. Why do you think I mean, there are some people who just... They, they seem to put weight right away and some people can do whatever they want with their lives and they don't gain any weight. Is that related to genetics, you think? Genetics play a part, but remember it's, it's epigenetics. So yeah. people are given certain genes and these are sequences of DNA that uh, is like a piano, the keys on a piano. You have all the keys there. Now the keys are being played by the environment. By the, which includes everything in the environment, the food you eat, the air you breathe, the water you drink, all the exposure to chemicals, toxins, to uh, even toxic people, emotions. Every, so, so you have these uh, keys that are very intelligent, you know, the sequencing, everything is designed uh, just right in most people. Some people actually have broken keys, but forget that for a minute. So, so th let's say it's all designed very well by an innate intelligence it, it presupposes that in, there's an intelligence that designs and that the environment then only then does the environment sort of play along the keys now if we could control the environment if we could control the environment to just play the notes just right you know interact if, if we interact with our environment just right you know with a good environment mm -hmm. uh, everything should be happy 
you know, <laughs> and uh, we could serve our purpose. And um, yeah, you have to take control over the things that we have control over, right? Yeah. The 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 so the problem comes in with some people's piano keys just aren't right from from they're called inborn errors of metabolism inborn mm -hmm. errors of metabolism okay i call them weak links for better easier weak links i also call them vital voids it's just voids in the vitality of that person so when that person meets up with an environment that is hostile uh the bad air the bad, remember i spent years in environmental Uh, law business and so uh, I know the environment is very toxic and food and chemicals yeah. 80,000 chemicals almost none are tested for safety you know what they're being tested on mm -hmm. humans us we're the we're the rats in the maze so you have all of this uh, intelligence in the body the keys of the piano uh, being played by a bad environment and even if the keys were perfect the environment's so bad It's going to pollute and cause dysfunction and disruption and bad notes, <laughs> you know. So mm -hmm. uh, now, in a person where the keys aren't even great, you know, like like again, inborn errors of metabolism, um, you, then then you're going to have health problems, aren't you? Yeah, for sure. So yeah. when you mention genetics, that's my best way to explain it. Got it, got it. I was on a website and I saw this phrase that I think is really cool to bring to people here. Uh, you said dress, D-R-E-S-S. -S. Can you talk a little bit about the D? Yes, I certainly will. So D-R-E-S-S -S is diet, rest, exercise, stress reduction, and supplements. Now, um, each one is only one-fifth of the program or 20% of the program. So diet is very, very important, but it's still only 20% of the program. You have to also rest and exercise and reduce stress in every way. Matter of fact, that's a big one. And then the supplements um, are only a part of the program too. Mm -hmm. And so with the diet. Yeah, let's start with diet. Is there anything in particular like for weight loss or yeah. what's your approach? Well, everyone is genetically programmed for a certain ratio of macronutrients so protein fat and carbs are very very important and not everybody is the same matter of fact we're all unique and different but there are groups you could say some people require more protein some people require less protein and more carbohydrates that is genetically programmed and it's the objectiveness of it is the oxidative rate So the best book you could read on this would be uh, Bill Wolcott's uh, Metabolic Typing Diet. Mm -hmm. Yeah, read this one. Really good. Also uh, George Watson, um, Nutrition and the Mind. But so we have to match the oxidative rate. Some people are very fast oxidizers. In other words, they burn fuel quickly. So in someone who is a fast oxidizer, if you take, uh, for instance, um, Native Americans or... Uh, uh, You know, Eskimos, they're very, very fast oxidizers, meaning they need very high quality, high purine type proteins. They basically could live off of organ meats mm -hmm. because these uh, oxidize very, very slowly. So a fast oxidizer needs to eat slow burning fuel. 
it's very this it's much the same as a fast oxygen would be like a bonfire, fast burning. You're you're burning a big fire, big fire in your cells. And it if you just put fast burning fuel like carbohydrates on there, it's like paper. Yeah. If you have a big fire and you put paper on, what happens? Poof. Yeah. So you have no energy produced by that. You have no satiation produced by that. That person would be hungry like all the time. Are those people the ones that say I have a fast metabolism? That's uh, one of the characteristics you think? Well, no. That's might be a slightly different term. Fast mm -hmm. metabolism. They might be referring to their digestive system, in that their food goes through them very, very quickly. You know, it comes in one end and comes out the other end. Uh, very, very fast metabolism. That is not necessarily what I'm talking about. Mm -hmm. So let me just go back to oxidization and fast oxidization. The perfect example is the, the my like my cousin is a priest. He's retired now, but he, at one point he was the priest way up in Canada over two Indian tribes. They were the Cree Indian villages. So they don't like to be called Indians, say like First Nation or, or Natives or something, but um, they're just the native people. And they're very fast oxidizers. They require very high quality protein like mm -hmm. and a lot of it. But I asked him one time, you know, how's the people there in your villages, these Indians, um, are they uh, healthy? And what do they do when they're sick? Do they go to their medicine man? Just joking, kind of just asking casually. He goes, well, I'm their medicine man. Like like a priest, I'm their priest, I'm their, their medicine man. And I, I said, no, no, like when they're just sick, like, you know, do they get sick a lot? How's their health? Are they going to go to a doctor or do they see their native uh, uh, guy? He says, oh, they all, they all go to government clinics and they all have diabetes. It's absolutely epidemic that all of these poor uh, natives in the villages that he was, he was their parishioner, you know, their, uh, their priest. And yeah. he says, just, they're just sick, 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 overweight, and suicide is, is rampant, enormous problem, especially for the young men. And um, why is that? Why, why is that? Why are they all fat and obese and, and have diabetes? Mm -hmm. They're eating the right... They're eating. Right. right. They're eating white man's food. They're eating, uh, you know, donuts. Yeah. Coffee and, and spaghetti and you know, fried <laughs> chicken. Instead of, and he said that the, the wild game in that area was still very abundant. He said a caribou, you know, the elk caribou herd. Yes. When they started crossing the road in front of you, it would take two hours for them to finish crossing the road. You would just might as well turn your car off and uh, light one up, you know, because you're going to be there for a couple of hours. That's how abundant the game was. And the rivers were full of fish. Yeah. But quit doing it. They just drive pickup trucks and uh, go to the doctor and eat crap, you know, and so they're all sick. Now, that's what I mean by epigenetics, genetics. And being a fast oxidizer, and those people <laughs> need to eat protein. Now, you and me, we might be different, you know. There's there's people from South America, some of the native tribes there, they're the opposite. They eat almost all carbohydrates, and just a little bit of fish or something like that, you know. Mm -hmm. So they just thrive on carbs. Why? Because they're very slow oxidizers. They're very slow oxidizers, so they need to burn fast-burning fuel, like carbohydrates, they burn very quickly. Yeah. 
<laughs> so if you go back to diet, you said talk about diet. I'm telling you, the uh, fast oxidizers, if you eat carbohydrates, too much, just eating carbohydrates, it won't satisfy you. It won't curb your hunger. You'll still be hungry. And what do you do? Grab more? And then you're going to uh, uh, not feel um, any energy. You'll be tired most of the time, and you just can't get enough energy to do something. You won't feel like exercising. And even your mental state, even your mental state is going to go down. You're going to feel not happy, maybe even irritable or cranky. You know, you're going to be like mad all the time. So you have no energy. You're not satisfied. You have cravings, and you feel like uh, punching somebody. Yeah, that's definitely me. <laughs> I feel if I don't have protein, I feel like cranky all the time and hungry very quickly. Yeah, no, no, fat's also very important, but I just wanted to give you the basic yes, thing sure. that you can tell if a meal was the right meal. Now, everyone should write this down. There's three ways to tell if that bre Let's just take breakfast. Tomorrow morning, you get up, eat a lot of protein, some butter, fat, and just a little bit of uh, complex carbohydrates like vegetables. You use the leftovers from the night before um, and eat that for breakfast. And then two hours later, you have to write it down, observe, be observant and pay attention. How's your satiety, how's your satiation? Is your hunger satisfied or are you craving? If your hunger is satisfied, that's a good sign. If you're craving, it's not a good sign. You need to change the ratio. Right. So maybe eat more protein, less. You can play with it. You can just figure it out for yourself. Now, the other thing, of course, is the energy. Two hours after eating, you should still have strong energy. If your energy is solid, that's a good sign. And the other thing is, as we said, the sense of well-being, your mental state. Do you feel happy and satisfied? Or do you feel cranky and irritable? And if everything else is normal and that meal is going to dictate those three things, then you'll know if it's the right meal for you. Hey guys, what's up? Bruno Gama here, Brazilian Health Nuts. And let's take a little break from the show because I would like to offer you something. If you go to my website, www.brazilianhealthnut.com and click on the page, Burn Fat Forever, you can go ahead and claim your free consultation with me right now, okay? Or you can just send me an email at brazilianhealthnut at gmail.com. So you can start to lose weight and feel healthier right now, okay? So go ahead and claim your free consultation with me and remember that spots are limited, okay? Now let's get back to the show. So slow oxidizers, those are the people who can handle more towards like a vegetarian diet? Well, absolutely. But I, I want to say that um, there's lots of protein in veget vegetables too. You know, you can get from beans and from uh, other vegetation plenty of protein. So if you are a vegetarian but also a fast oxidizer, uh, you're going to have to eat an awful lot of high-protein vegetables. And for some people, I recommend they do add in meat, even no matter how bad you think it is. Um, having some high-quality meats would be very good if you're a fast oxidizer. You'll find yourself much more satisfied. Mm -hmm. Cool. So they are, uh, stand for rest. It's, those are, it's related to sleep, right? Yes, sir. Awesome. 
Well, I, I recommend everybody get to bed at 10 o'clock. You know, a couple hours of sleep before midnight is much more regenerative and restorative than the hours after midnight. So if you can get in a couple hours before midnight, you find yourself waking up much more refreshed, much more restored. And of course, you know, at nighttime, your body is detoxifying and clarifying uh, your bloodstream, your liver is working very hard, your gallbladder is flowing hard and things like that. Even your brain cells shrink so that fluid could pass through your brain. You know, you, there's um, cells in the brain and they uh, release toxins and those toxins will get stuck up in there, these amyloid plaques and things like that. So if you get into a deep sleep, your brain cells shrink a little bit, just a tiny bit, enough to let some fluid, uh, cerebral, cerebral spinal fluid, flow through. And that, of course, will end up going out and into the lymphatic system. And you can actually detoxify your brain the more or better you sleep. Mm -hmm. So sleep is in rest. Rest and, you know, might as well say sleep, is really critical. And yeah, a couple hours before bed, A couple hours before midnight have proven to be very, very helpful. Yeah, recovery is everything. I've, we tend to focus a lot on diet and exercise, and I think that's great, but we, we can't forget the role of sleep and this puzzle of fat loss, right? Exercise stands, the E stands for exercise. Any particular kind of exercise do you think is better for fat loss? What's your take? Well, um, yeah, I mean, I could just do a whole program just, just on the right kind of exercise. Mm -hmm. But um, you have to move your body to detoxify it. Uh, the detoxifying organs, of course, are your liver is the grandfather organ. You have the kidneys, you have the lymph system, the colon, the skin, uh, the lungs. But the lymph, the lymph system, which uh, helps purify your blood and carries things away, um, actually takes it you know, largely back to the liver, but um, it needs to be exercised to move the lymph around. You, it has no circulatory system of its own. There's no pump like with the heart. You know, the heart beats, pumps blood around, pumps, it pumps blood through the kidneys and through the liver and, and everywhere. And so um, the lymph, though, it needs to be moved. So you have to move your body. Mm -hmm. And it's also a good thing to burn some calories. Now, I don't believe in the calories out, calories in theory, not very much. Um, but if you want to burn calories, you need to burn, uh, build muscle. You need to build muscle to burn more calories. So you're talking about strength exercise here? I think, um, yeah, resistance training right. is very, very important. No, that's good for uh, you know, building the muscles up. But also flexibility is very important, so stretching. Also cardiopulmonary. And you know, for aging, if you want to do anti-aging, the difference between old man and young man is not strength. A little bit strength, of course, but it's lung power. Lung power goes down when you're older. You, you look at an old guy walking up steps, he runs out of breath. So, you know, the, the young guy goes all the way up. So it's the cardiopulmonary. So the way to build cardiopulmonary is sprinting. Yes. Not aerobics. I'm not talking about getting on a treadmill for an hour. Right. Matter of fact, I don't believe in that. I, I, I think that it is the sprinting, just one-minute sprints. If you do 10 one-minute sprints per day, 
you will increase cardiopulmonary. That means the ability to reoxygenate your blood. Uh, you know, breathe, breathe deeply, and things like that. Um, that's going to build your heart up, and it's going to build your heart and lungs, lung power, your up tremendously. So a sprint for one minute is about a 400-yard dash. Well, at high school level, so a high school athlete, most high school athletes, can do a 400 yards. That's one lap around the track in about a minute or less. Uh, the world record is probably 40. Six or forty-five seconds. I don't know, but but you know, average high school athlete can do uh, four hundred meters in one minute. And if you did uh, one of those for a minute, um, then walk for a minute, and then do another run for a minute, walk for a minute, do another run for a minute, walk for a minute, it would only take you twenty minutes to exercise every day, yeah. at least in terms of cardiopulmonary, and only do it four or five days a week. You know, maybe even three days a week. If you would do ten uh, one-minute sprints back-to-back, uh, -back, you know, with only one-minute rest in between, your uh, power would increase tremendously, unbelievable. And the response your body's going to give you, Bruno, you know this, I'm sure, mm -hmm. is you're going to also burn up all your sugar reserves, so your blood glucose is going to get used up. You'll use up um, your blood sugar in your bloodstream. You also probably extract most of the blood sugar out of your liver. No, uh, gluconeogenesis will kick in. And so, so you've burned up all your blood sugar and squeezed some out of the liver and other organs and storage places, right? Right. Now, what will your body do in between if you eat right, if you just eat right? What will your body do in between exercise sessions? It'll actually burn. It'll actually burn fat to replace those glycogen stores. Mm -hmm. So if you want to replace uh, glycogen with fat, uh, you know, burn up fat to, to replace those. Then just do sprints. You know, for for 10, uh, 10 one minute sprints it take you about twenty minutes, or 20, maybe half an hour. Yeah, and it's so sad because I see so many people jogging like all the time. Yeah. But it's very rare to see somebody doing some sprints and high intense interval training. It's um, exactly. sad. Yeah, what what happens to people who do aerobic exercise is they get into this fat burning mode. So first of all, it takes you twenty minutes to half an hour to burn up all the glycogen stores mm -hmm. before your body starts burning fat. Oh. And some people might be able to, in 20 minutes, they're now in fat burning mode. Most people, it takes half an hour to get into fat mode. Then your body's going to be burning fat. Now, you might run for another half hour and burn some fat, and you think that's good. But guess what the body's going to do in between exercise sessions? It's going to say, this person's crazy. They're using up our fat, which is our energy reserves. That's for emergencies only. So what's it going to do? It's going to replace the fat. Yeah. It's going to take uh, uh, what you eat and it's going to, you know, try to store it. You know, the insulin's going to go up. You're going to you're going to try to store uh, fat. Your your uh, your triglycerides actually go up. So you're going to your body's going to want to adapt to that kind of exercise by holding on to its fat and thinking you're crazy for burning up fat. Yep. So so the first scene 
<laughs> is better. Exercise and development from exercise comes from what happens in the rest period, not what happens while you're exercising, for the most part. Yeah, definitely. Cool. Supplements. Uh, any particular one for weight loss, or should we be just focused on vitamins and minerals as a general? Well, you know, uh, stress reduction is very important too, but the supplements is more about getting all the nutrients that you need. Supplements do three things basically. They will support certain organs or systems. Like you certainly can support better digestion uh, with supplements. You certainly can support uh, adrenal function, for instance. You can support the brain and the thyroid and the ovaries and the testes. And uh, you can support lots of things with supplements. And uh, when we've run some labs and we see you have some repair work to do, and you need that support, uh, we might use those kind of supplements. But the other thing about supplements is they just simply substitute for what's missing in food. So food today pretty much is not high quality. It's missing, at least in America, the food that's sold in the grocery store sure doesn't have very much nutrition in it. It certainly has some, and you could live on it, but it isn't really nutrient-dense, rich foods. Even the organics, they aren't that rich in nutrients. They are pesticide and herbicide-free, and that's why we eat organic, so we can avoid chemicals. But as far as nutrition, I don't think they have so much more than regular food. So supplements could be used to substitute for missing food. So I said, you know, supplements are three things. They're um, support for organs as needed or digestion or what have you, different function. Um, substituting for what's missing because there's no nutrients in the soil anymore. Mm -hmm. But also to stimulate. You can stimulate your immune system and use it uh, medicinally uh, for lots of things. Like when you go on a trip, when you're flying on a plane, you know, you're going to be exposed to a lot of people breathing all kinds of who knows what. And then you might as well take an immune system booster while you're traveling, don't you think? Yeah, definitely. Absolutely. So you can boost certain, uh, or so, you know, they say stimulate uh, also. Mm -hmm. So I think supplements are very important. Now for fat loss, there are supplements that help control blood sugar, for instance. If you're borderline, you know, insulin resistant, you're, you're becoming insulin resistant because you eat crappy. You're always raising your blood sugar. Also, stress plays a very, very big role in high blood sugar and insulin resistance. And, you know, usually it results in fat gain around the middle. You have people who otherwise look in good shape, but they have big fat bellies, belly fat. And that's from stress and uh, insulin resistance and other hormonal problems, by the way, too much uh, estrogen, not enough testosterone and things like that, but you, you get into this uh, area where you could take uh, vanadium and chromium to lower your blood sugar. Now, that's not a prescription for anybody. I'm just saying that traditionally, um, these are very good at lowering blood sugar and helping you to understand controlling blood sugar is very, very, very important. So I tell all my clients to get a glucose meter a glucometer it might be called a glucometer or glucose meter they're only 50 bucks at the store and you start checking your blood sugar before breakfast and also before lunch and you see 
you know, where it's at. And it should always be uh, probably you know, between 80 and 90 at those times. Mm-hmm. If you're chicken, if you haven't eaten in four hours and your blood sugar is still 140, 150, then you probably have a little insulin resistance. You know, I mean, you need to, you know, see a physician, get it all checked out. There's lots of other tests to run and all that. So I'm not practicing medicine here. I'm just telling you as general principles that um, if you find that your blood sugar is running a little high, you can start, A, control your diet better, do more protein and fat. Uh, Protein helps balance insulin uh, by releasing glucagon from the pancreas. Right. But but also taking a little vanadium and a little usually it comes with chromium, uh, it's very very effective. It's better than uh, just going to the doctor and getting you know prescription medication. I think my personal opinion. Mm-hmm. So you're running labs as well, and are you prescribing supplementation according to the lab results? I assume, right? Well. You know, I try not to be prescribing because that's a term right. doctors use in that. But we can certainly suggest what might be compatible and the labs point you in the right direction. But again, if everybody would just look at their hand and label your five fingers, D-R-E-S-S. You have five fingers. One is D-R-E-S-S. So the supplements is just one finger. Yes. So don't think for a minute you can just take supplements but not eat right, not rest, not exercise, and not reduce stress, which we didn't talk about. Yeah, this is the next one, stress reduction. Yeah, I'm going to tell you that um, the labs we run help to design the entire DRESS program. And that is the solution, is the DRESS, diet, rest, exercise, stress reduction supplements. So with the stress reduction... Stress comes in a lot of forms, doesn't it? Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Most people think mental problems, you know, emotional stress. If you say stress, they think, oh, they don't like their job or they have to drive through traffic or they're having problems with their family, kids, or whatever, they're, or they have financial problems. They think mental, emotional problems. And that's a factor. Okay, that's a kind of stress to get handled. There's a classic stress. Yeah, yeah, that's classic stress. Now, there's other kinds of stress that build up in your body. For one thing, physical trauma. And just like all the, especially athletes and active people, you fall down and you get hurt. You know, and you might twist this or twist that. Those things can leave permanent damage in your body if they're not handled properly. Especially around the spine. The, the central nervous system is your brain and your spinal cord. That's all the brains, man. That's all the brains of the whole body, your brain and your spinal cord and all the nerves. They carry intelligence to every cell in your body. Every cell in your body is connected to the nervous system. And so when you do trauma to your body, you damage the nervous system. And of course, uh, there's the skeletal system and the muscles and, and all these, the viscera, you know, all the organs and things. So you can physically damage these things mm-hmm. like football players for example they're always hitting each other on the face and getting traumatized by those things it's true but even kids you know they fall down on their bicycles and they never really fix it you know mm-hmm. or they uh, they do sports or they, you know but people have car accidents they have work injuries they have accumulated trauma 
even just from bad posture and weakness, it, bad posture and weakness, uh, it builds up in your body. Uh, repetitive motion. If you just sit on a typewriter all day, well, you're causing trauma to your spine, in the low back especially, because you're not meant to just sit all day. Yeah. You're causing trauma to the wrists and elbows and, and things. So you can damage your spine a lot of different ways and, and your nervous system and uh, all parts of your body. So that's another kind of stress is physical trauma and uh, built up stress. Now the other kind, there's three kinds in my the mental, emotional, the physical we just went over. And of course, you have the uh, chemical, biochemical um, uh, stressors and they cause a lot of dysfunction in the body. Yeah, this one is huge nowadays. So much we, we put on our skin, we, it's in the air, in the water, it's everywhere. And your body produces toxins as well. Yeah. And then dysfunction occurs. Now, all of this stress, basically, let's say it goes in the body. Just accept that for a minute. But it doesn't stay in one spot. It cascades like dominoes. You know, you, you have this stress cascade. And it can affect this and then that. It's like stress coming in like in a river. Uh, different tributaries. You have the mental, emotional, the physical, and you have the biochemical and chemical. And they go in the body. Now, it moves throughout the body. And the symptoms that someone feels, even obesity, that's the symptom that's downstream at the other end. And so our job in my world and what I do is to look upstream at all the damage that was done, the dysfunctions. Because the symptoms could be occurring at a superficial level. Like, you know, a lot of people are overweight because of thyroid. And so they uh, sort of test the, th they test the thyroid. Oh, yeah, your thyroid is low, hypothyroid. And they might take some medication for that. And it might improve their metabolism a little bit. And they might lose a little bit of weight. And they might even feel a little more energy. But if that's not the critical system that's failing, if there's something more upstream, more critical, then taking that medication won't help for very long. It'll only help for a very short period of time. And pretty soon that person's going to be overweight, feel like crap, and have all their same problems. And they could still have, you know, the doctor might just say, oh, take more. Here, we're going to increase your medication, something like that. Well, that's not getting upstream to where the real critical system is failing. Now, the critical systems that could be failing, that's my job to figure out. That's what I've been doing for 16 years, mm -hmm. is looking at the functions. Now, I told you, H-I-D-D-E-N, the hormones, the immune system, digestion, detoxification, energy production, nervous system. And when you look in those areas, I find that uh, the downstream problems, the hypothyroidism or adrenal fatigue or uh, all these things can sort of, they correct themselves. When you look upstream and correct uh, these basic things, and there are tests you can run. There are labs with saliva and urine and stool, you know, poop, and then mm -hmm. blood, of course. And you find out what the contributors are. Now, they're contributors to what I call metabolic chaos, dis dysfunction. Metabolic chaos. That's what lies upstream of the symptoms, is metabolic chaos. And we can sort that out. 
and uh, we can run labs and we can find out what the healing opportunities are and then apply the customize and apply the dress therapy and so to answer your question about supplements yes they're a part of it but just a one-fifth they're yeah. only 20% of the program. Just as the name says, supplementation is just a supplement for everything else that you're going to be doing. You can't not fix yeah. everything with a supplement, I guess. It's just think of it as support. Yeah. Cool. What do you think separates people who succeed from the people who fail? We've talked a lot about rest, diet, exercise, supplement, supplements, stress. Mm. Do you think is the mindset... Well, mindsets and point of view certainly is helpful. And uh, believing, <laughs> having a purpose in these things are uh, essential. And so I think that, you, number one, have to get up in the morning and be very grateful and thankful for what you do have. You, you don't want to dwell too much on the negative. You have to be able to see the positive in just about every situation. You don't have to overdo it. You don't have to be a Pollyanna, you know, like, oh, cheery anyway. Look, if someone dies, you should be sad. <laughs> that's if, cat, if someone runs over your cat, you should be sad and mad. Yeah. That's okay to have these negative emotions. I'm not saying to be neutral all the time, but I'm saying you want to see um, things in a positive way, in a state of gratitude. That's Some people just seem to be born that way, you know, and another seem to be born the opposite. They just are very down but I, I think it needs to be worked on and uh, that's a good place to start mental attitude you know they say attitude dictates altitude you know how how far and how how far you go attitude is huge yeah there is this quote that I'd love to remind myself if you want to change your life just change your attitude it's uh, I always try to remind myself of that one your, your world view, your view of the world is very, very important. Yeah. If you see it as just a crappy place, you know, that's not good. There, there's so much beauty and stuff. Look, I, I've studied the environment. I certainly pay attention to other things going on in the world. The world is a dangerous place right now, more dangerous than in my whole 62 years of life, I think. And um, it's because there's hate and not enough love, man. <laughs> there's just not enough love. Mm. And uh, I know that sounds simplistic and idealistic, but it's the truth. Yeah, cool. Uh, one last question, Reed. If you know people are listening to this now, you know they are excited. If you have to tell them just one thing to, to start doing right after listening to the interview, what that would be? Pay attention. Pay attention. Pay attention. <laughs> you know, like to, tomorrow when you eat breakfast, two hours later. Pay attention and write down those three things I told you. What's your sense of satiation? Is your hunger satisfied? Is your energy really good? And is your sense of well-being, your mental, emotional sense of well-being good? And pay attention to what you put in your mouth. And pay attention when you go to bed. Is that, do you, don't you feel better? Yeah, you feel better. When you exercise, don't you feel better? Yeah, I feel better. You know, so pay attention. Yeah, be more conscious about your own life. Cool, thank you so much. Uh, where can people find more about what you're doing right now and what's next for you? Uh, thank you, Bruno. Well, people can find out more about me by visiting functionaldiagnosticnutrition.com. Functionaldiagnosticnutrition.com. 
com. So just type it in there, you'll find me. Mm -hmm. um, you could Google Reed Davis, R-E-E-D-D-A-V-I-S. I'm, I'm in there somewhere. <laughs> now, um, you said uh, what's next Yes. I'm going to continue investigating underlying causes and conditions. Now, we've learned to run different labs that really help. And you can really change someone's life around. But there's still sicker, quicker people. There's still people who are very resistant to getting better. There's something more deeper broken. The problem is the laboratory work is not up to date yet. You know, like we're probably 20 years or 50 years away from having all the lab work that we need. So I'm trying new labs. I'm always seeing if a lab is on top of it. Are they really doing something useful? Or is it just some piece of crap, you know? Mm -hmm. and, there, and there's a lot of crap. There's so much out there that is not, they're just making money. They're using lab work really just to sell supplements. That's why I really downplay, even though supplements are important, they're just a small part of a healthy program. So if you someone is running labs and just selling supplements, beware. Because that lab might have been designed just to sell supplements. And so what I'm looking for is the real scientists who really don't care so much about money. They just want to help people. And they want to create labs that really get to the nitty-gritty of what's wrong with people. And so I'm finding them. It's amazing that there's uh, scientists and who or with laboratories who are really trying to develop new labs that will tell us what's really wrong. So, in, in the, you know, I have lots to do over the rest of my life, just in that area alone. Mm -hmm. cool. By the time I'm dead, we still won't have all the labs, but <laughs> at least we'll be closer, and I'll be part of it. Yeah, you're doing your part for sure. Reed, thanks so much for your time. I appreciate the opportunity to talk to you today and talk to you. Thanks, you, Bruno. Take care, man. Yeah. Thanks for listening to the Brazilian Health Nut Show. Go to www.brazilianhealthnut.com for much more information about how to burn fat for the rest of your life. Hasta luego.